I'm Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, a program that will focus on governmental political topics that impact Volusia County and its cities, directly or indirectly. And now for the news. Volusia County has received a $328 million community development block disaster recovery grant with funds coming from U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Thus, the county has initiated a new program called Transform 386 which will guide their long-term restoration and revitalization plan. Now, the county will host several community engagement meetings to hear residents on unmet needs in the community. In addition, the county will be seeking feedback on projects to support ongoing disaster recovery efforts. These funds can be used for infrastructure restoration, such as roads, bridges, stormwater systems, housing, economic revitalization, with priority given to assisting low to moderate income households. Now these community meetings will be to 5 to 7 p.m. That's 5 to 7 p.m. on Monday, July 10, at Ormond Beach Regional Library. Thursday, July 13, DeLand Regional Library. Thursday, July 20, Deltona Regional Library. Thursday, July 27, New Smyrna Beach Regional Library. And Thursday, August 3rd, City Island Regional Library. Now, based on Input from these meetings, the county will develop an action plan on how to reuse these funds. That draft plan will then have another public hearing in August or September, and the plan will then go to the county council for final approval before being submitted to HUD. And then county staff anticipates that all parties will approve the plan by the end of 2023. Now, in 2024, the county will announce eligibility criteria, allowable use of funds, reporting requirements, and other information based on the approved action plan. Now, to learn more about Transform 386, or to arrange a presentation for your community, visit www.transform386.org or call 943-7029. Next item, new state laws that went into effect July 1st. Now, this will be something that I'll be featuring each week. First, 
House Bill 543 eliminates having to obtain a license to carry a concealed gun in public places. Governor DeSantis wanted an open carry bill, but the legislature agreed to allow individuals with legal firearms to forego a special course and license to possess them in public. The NRA said that Florida is the 26th state to allow permitless carry. Next, Senate Bill 256 requires local government union member employees to set up payment plans to keep their dues up to date as opposed to automatic deductions from their paychecks, meaning that the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees and other public employee unions must share data with the state about how many union members have paid dues in the most recent membership renewal cycle. If it's not 60%, the union will be decertified. Faced with this situation, labor unions are launching membership campaigns to increase their numbers. There was a similar 2018 law to require teacher unions to have at least 50% of members paying dues. This law expands that requirement to all public employee unions except police, fire, and correctional officers. Now, out of 67 school districts, only 22 countywide teacher unions passed that new 60% threshold. And the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that 5.6 of Florida workers were represented by a union in 2022, the eighth lowest in the country. And the U.S. average for workers in all states belonging to unions is 10.7%. Now, two different lawsuits have been filed one in federal court by the Florida Education Association and a separate lawsuit filed by AXME in state court. Stay tuned. Next item, out of Congress, Senator Marco Rubio resurrects a push for child care tax credit. Now, the policy in question is American Rescue Plan provision that gave parents up to $300 a month for every child in their household, but no work requirement. No verification, just cash. But Senator Rubio said this is wealth redistribution and the first step toward universal basic income. Now, This government child allowance stands in contrast to the senator's child tax credit, which supports working parents. Now, economist Orrin Cass stated that 
a typical male worker, 1985, had to generate 40 weeks of wages to cover basic necessities, that being food, housing, health care, transportation, education, for a family of four. But in 2023, those same necessities cost 62 weeks of wages. Now, Rubio and others worked with then-President Donald Trump to double the child tax credit for working families in regards to the 2017 Tax Cut Act. Now, Rubio's proposal would expand maximum annual child tax credit to $3,500 and $4,500 for children under six. He said that Congress should support families by passing his proposal as they approach the expiration of the 2017 tax reforms in the year 2025. Now, Rubio wants Congress to reframe resurrecting any child allowance that benefits non-workers. It would contribute to inflation, discourage work, and trap people in a cycle of poverty and add $105 billion to the national debt. Again, stay tuned. Next item, candidate update. First, Sheriff Mike Chitwood, incumbent. Tax collector Will Roberts, incumbent. County Chair Jeff Brower, incumbent. And also Don Burnett and Randy Dye. County Council, District 2, Matt Reinhardt, incumbent. School Board, District 2, Krista Goodrich and Angela Kopnicki. School Board District 4, Donna Brosmer and Merrick Brunker. New Smyrna Beach Mayor Fred Cleveland, incumbent. Orange City Mayor Kelly Marks, William Robert O'Connor, Ormond Beach Mayor Jason Leslie, Susan Persis, Ormond Beach Commission, Zone 3, Barbara Bonarigo and Kristen Deaton, U.S. Congress, District 7, Corey Mills, Republican, incumbent, Alec Pastrana, Democrat, Florida Senate District 7, George Anthony T. Hill, Democrat, Jerry James, Republican, Tom Leake, Republican, Florida House District 27, Stephen Wayne Shives, Republican, Florida House District 28, Bill Partington, Republican, Florida House District 29, Webster Barnaby, Republican, incumbent, Florida House District 30, 
Justin Albert Davis, Democrat, Chase Tremont, Republican, an incumbent. Now, 2023 elections with primaries coming up next month in August. You got Lake Helen Mayor, Vernon Burton, Kelly Frasca, and Cameron Lane. Then you have Ponce Inlet Council, seat three, Arun Aya Pile, and Henry Skip White, and Port Orange City Council, District Two, Tracy Grubbs, incumbent, and Sarah Jones. And I might add that from that Lake Helen Commission saw Heather Rutledge from Zone 3 elected without an opponent. Also, Lake Helen Zone 4, Linda Donato was elected without an opponent. And then Ponce Inlet Mayor Lois Peritsky was re-elected without an opponent. And Ponce Inlet Council Seat 5, Gary Smith, elected without an opponent. Next item, Volusia County's Planning Development Services will host their next public workshop regarding changes in land use in the county's comprehensive plan. That meeting's going to be Wednesday, July 5th, 4 to 6 p.m., Volusia County Fairgrounds. For more information, contact Planner Kristen Ray at 257-6000. And the county's Affordable Housing Advisory Committee reviewed and updated their housing incentive strategies and their housing plans progress and former Ormond Beach City Commissioner Dwight Selby was added to the committee. Their next meeting date to be announced. And for more information, call Brittany Lewis at 257-6000. Next item, uh, as it relates to cities, Edgewater City Council has been designated as a Purple Heart City at their July 3rd meeting. Now, State Senator Tom Wright and Daytona Beach City Commissioner Stacy Cantu, who plays a big part in this program, were on hand as this designation was made. And next, the City of Port Orange will receive $3.5 million in state funds for infrastructure projects as the city aims to make improvements by targeting its most vulnerable areas. The city received $2.5 million to repair a 35-year-old sewage main under the Halifax River, which services beachside Port Orange residents, as well as Daytona Beach Shores, Wilbur-by-the-Sea, and Ponce Inlet. And replacing the main will reduce 
the risk of sewer breaks that could harm the river and another $1 million will go to replace and upsize the city's potable water lines along Commonwealth Boulevard. And I'd like to congratulate County Judge Belle Schumann upon her retirement after 18 years on the bench. Now, prior to being a judge, she was an assistant attorney general for more than 20 years. In her honor, the county council proclaimed June 16th as Judge Bell Schumann Day. And as a judge, she initiated DUI court in 2012 and played a leadership role in establishing the first step homeless shelter out there on US 92. And I've known and worked with Belle for a number of years and wanted to say she was a superb individual and I hope she'll continue to be involved in the community. And today we have with us Deltona Mayor Santiago Avia. So sure glad to have you with us there today, Santiago. Jim, I'm very glad to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. By all means. Let's get to some questions. Deltona's Commercial Business District. Uh, I've seen on your past agendas that you've had a number of items uh, for new stores and apartment complexes, single-family homes and such, but uh, your Commercial Business District really seems to be expanding. So what's the latest news there? So it's really exciting, right, because uh, I think Deltona – uh, has always uh, suffered a little bit from that because we really don't have a, a large or, or even a very visible commercial tax base. Um, I can tell you that uh, Daltona very soon will be opening its first Starbucks. Uh, we'll be opening, uh, hopefully soon, our very first Panda Express because uh, they're being built as we speak. Um, I am working along, and I'm sure my fellow commissioners are as well, on some other stores. I know I've... Uh, I got some uh, introductions done with uh, Cracker Barrel, uh, a, a Darden restaurant specifically. I'm, I'm hoping we get a uh, Bahama Breeze. And then there's some box stores, Jim, that I'm trying to work on. TJ Maxx, Burlington, uh, Old Navy, things of that that sort. Well, great. And, and I'm sure you're working with uh, Sherry DeCremza on that. So wish you the best. I appreciate it. Uh, Sherry's amazing. Sherry is... Uh, She's, she's a very, very valuable asset uh, for the Deltona community. And, um, you know, West Volusia Chamber is extremely lucky to have her. I enjoy working with her myself, though. Um, an issue that's throughout Volusia County, as well as the cities, and that is affordable housing. What's the situation? Is there a need? Are you seeing more of a need for affordable housing in Deltona? So Deltona, out of all the cities in Volusia County, is the only city that doesn't really have uh, affordable housing, uh, which is very unfortunate. There is a need for affordable housing in the city of Deltona. As a matter of fact, I, I, I have been meeting with different developers to see what we can do to, you know, to bring some type of affordable housing to the city. Uh, I'm a more of a small government type of guy. 
So the last thing I want to see is uh, some type of like Section 8 or or government-run affordable housing. I, I want to see something where uh, the residents don't have uh, to depend uh, from the government, but where they can say, well, you know what, this is this is something I can afford. And I believe the free, the free markets can actually answer that uh, that need, but you know there needs to be conversations with some of the developers so they understand what affordable housing actually is. Because if you ask different developers, there's different answers. You know, uh, for some, affordable housing is a house that's for sale. You know, four hundred thousand. Well, that that that's not really going to jive because for some affordable housing, we're talking about a hundred and under a hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, same as rents, you know, rents in Daltona have gone up a lot and uh, it, it's been more complicated for uh, for our senior citizens who are uh, on a very tight budget. So, yes, affordable housing is an issue. We are working to tackle that. And uh, I hope to have a solution very, very soon. Great. Great. Uh, pretty soon. We're, well, already you're I know you're starting your your budget process. For fiscal year 2023-24, which is starts October the first, and I know y'all been having budget workshops and all. Is there anything that you see as a challenge for next year's budget in general? And is there anything that you, as the mayor, want to see in Deltona's next year's budget? You know, uh, when it comes to budget, that's always a tough question, right? Because uh, as 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 somebody that's conservative, I I, I want to see us uh, roll back our millage, which we we, we are going to reduce the millage uh, for for next year's budget. Uh, not a whole lot, but it's going to be reduced. What I do want to see in the budget, um, which I have been seeing, because uh, we have been having uh, these these individual uh, budget talks with the city manager and and, and finance. Um, First off, I want to start seeing them being open to the public, right? We need to start having actual budget workshops where we can get residents' input on on what we're 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 facing. But I will tell you that um, we really need to work on our infrastructure. That is a big, big uh, need that we have, and uh, and that's what I want to see. I want to see the improvements, um, and I want to see it in our budget. Uh, along with some type of uh, matrix that we can evaluate. Okay, these are the projects we're starting. These are the projects we've uh, uh, we have finished, and these are the projects we have left to go. So that that is literally what I really want to see in our budget is us tackling our infrastructure situation. I understand that for sure. Uh, during last year's hurricanes, I know we had a number of flooding situations over here in East Volusia, particularly in uh, Daytona and uh, New Smyrna and elsewhere. But uh, I understood that Deltona had some flooding, though. So what's the status on Deltona's flooding situation? So Deltona had a lot of flooding. Um, two of our main roads were underwater. Uh, I'll use it a good example. El Camel was one of them. Uh, a trip that would probably take you three to 10 minutes to go from point A to point B was taking you anywhere above uh, 15 to almost 25 minutes to, to get there just because you had to go completely around. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're, we are trying to work on uh, 
on, on doing some improvements. Uh, I know I personally was up in Tallahassee to make sure that we got some funds or we received some funds uh, for for specifically stormwater. And I look, I'm very grateful to Senator Tom Wright. Um, he really did uh, some magic. Mr. Uh, Representative Stan McLean as well. Uh, of course, our local uh, state rep, uh, Webster Barnaby. Uh, but we, we are working on some things, Jim. Uh, we're just, I believe, sometime in July, we start receiving some of those funds from the state. The governor has signed on, has signed off to some of them. We are receiving some grants as well. So uh, he did veto a $600,000 Teresa Bay study. But in the scheme of things, right, I, I think it's, uh, we still got, a, we got about $10 million worth of, of, of grants and some money from Tallahassee from the appropriations, uh, uh, from appropriations. So uh, I think we're in a very good uh, situation, a very good position. Um, the Teresa Bay study is extremely important. And the reason we need to get that done, Jim, is because that's going to help us determine, you know, what, how we can maneuver the flow of our water, um, what the elevations need to be. You know, when the weatherman says, hey, you know, you're going to get about eight inches of rain from Hurricane A through Z, right, uh, which we never want to get hit with one, but it happens, then we can say, well, if we're going to get hit with eight, eight inches of rain, we can at a minimum lower our lake levels to four, four to five inches. Um, that way we're prepared for it. So then the flooding becomes almost, you know, very less impactful as it did this last time around. And then as well as building that relationship with the county. I mean, unfortunately, and, and I'm not trying to bash the former administration, but when you take two to three days after you get hit with a hurricane to reach out to the county, there's a big problem with leadership. And that's something I don't want to happen. You know, if, if we're going to get, if we're facing a hurricane, I want, I want our partners in the county level to, to know ahead of time, hey, this is where we might need assistance. This is where we might need help. Uh, but we are working very, very diligently in making sure that our residents, our families, our neighbors don't get flooded again, at least not because of something we did not do or we lacked in. So, Yeah, um, and, and I've been reading and reporting – uh, Edgewater, I know, and Fort Orange as well. They've been working quite a bit now on their uh, on their canal system, trying to you know dredge those out, clean them out as much as possible. Though, so you know, while we're having dry weather, somewhat uh, we can get them cleaned out as much as possible. So if and when that heavy rainfall does come, that water there'll be more water flow. Correct. So, uh, and, and our staff has been working on dredging um, the swales and, uh, you know, and, and making sure that things like those type of operations are, are getting done. Uh, but it's we have a huge city, uh, you know, uh, 50, what is it, 50 miles. <laughs> it's 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 not we're not small. I mean, we're, we're the largest in uh, even as far as pop population wise, we're the largest in Volusia, second largest in all of central Florida. So we. You know, we we have some 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 high mountains to climb, but um, I I believe it all starts in leadership, and uh, I'm not I'm not afraid to roll up my sleeves and get to work, and uh, I know my fellow commissioners aren't as well, so uh, I'm, we're we're ready to tackle this on, 
I know sometimes we don't we don't seem like we're you know uh, getting along too well, but you know that's it's it's part of the process. We we seven different people with seven different ideas, uh, but we, we'll we'll get to a point where we're gonna find our happy medium and and get things resolved and th things done for our residents. You got it. You got it. Uh, speaking of water. I know that Deltona has teamed up with the land in Orange City as like a West Volusia water authority. So pooling your resources, how's that working out? Well, I, I so I know that we uh, we had a big, big issue with uh, something we call the straw project. And uh, it's, it's looking like it's going to get completely... Uh, we're going to look at a different area to, to start working on that because we have to you know work on increasing our, our, our cup. But um, I, I think, you know, anything that, that helps build more relationship with our surrounding city partners, it's only beneficial for all of our residents. Um, and I'll give you a good example because of Daltona's growth, um, West Volusia or during the TPO, as, as you know, because you were there, uh, we now we now qualify for additional federal funds, and and that's because of the growth of Daltona. And again, those are extra funds that can help us improve our roads and 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 a lot of the pedestrian walkways and things like that. And uh, and and, the, and that helps us as 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 partners. So, like I say, wish you the best there. So, any closing comments that you want to share with us, there, Mayor. You know, all, all I really want to say is I know Daltona for the longest, you know, at least in, what, in, in Volusia County, has always been seen as, oh, that's just the city. You know, we have uh, Daytona Beach and, and Deland that have always been the more popular ones. But, um, you know, I, I think Daltona is now in a position where we're, we're not going to sit back anymore and just be in the back burner. We, we, we want the attention. We want to let people know that we're here, and there, there's a vision, and there's a, and we're gonna get things done this time, right? We're we're gonna we're gonna work to make our city literally a city that's a city of destiny, and we want people around to come visit us and 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 check us out, and uh, hopefully when some of this uh, newer commercial uh, corridors or entertainment districts are are somewhat finished or done, uh, people will be able to see. Uh, the great stuff that we have to offer from trails to parks to entertainment. Daltona is going to be a place to be. Well, I wish you the best on that and look forward to seeing you more in the future there, Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Cam. Take care. Bye. And I'd like to thank today's guest, Deltona Mayor Santiago Avia, for joining us. And before I close, I want to announce U.S. debt stands at $31.8 trillion, and it's growing. Now, look for a new podcast episode to be released next week, and the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is going to be mailed later this week. And if you're not receiving it, call me at 
2140 and my $1,000 guarantee still stands. And I hope everyone had a safe and happy July 4th. And I'd like to thank our first responders, police, fire, EMTs, paramedics, and many of them were on duty last night, including my stepdaughter, Jenna. So to all of them, thank you. This is Jim Cameron signing off, saying God bless and roll tide.